You're listening to the WBAI Evening News presented by The Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website, now in its 20th year of publishing. I'm John Tarleton, the Indies Editor-in-Chief. Uh, we have a new issue out uh, on the streets, uh, hit the streets today. And our, our focus uh, in that issue is the question of uh, re- uh, whether we should be uh, reopening the, the schools in September. A lot of controversy around that. And our next guest is uh, Alexandra Herodopoulos. She's a, a English as a new language teacher at the Grace, uh, the Grace Dodge uh, campus in the Bronx, and also is a union delegate there and is a member of the movement of rank and file educators, which is the social justice caucus of the uh, teachers union. And uh, she's also a member of the health justice working group. So she's really been involved in a lot of these uh, questions, and a lot of the organizing. Uh, Alexandra, welcome to the WBAI Evening News. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. So can you say, talk about what you see as the main reasons as, as a teacher at, at your at your campus that you're opposed to returning to the classroom and, and the city reopening its schools at, in September? Yeah. Uh, so there are so many reasons I'm concerned about uh, schools reopening. I'll just start by giving some history of how trust was broken, um, which was spoken to a little bit by your last guest. Um, at the Grace Dodge campus, we had a positive case before schools officially closed. That was a COVID lab test from the Montefiore Hospital. However, um, it was deemed as self-reported and therefore not officially reported to the Department of Health. Um, we later found out that the Mayor de Plasio's office had asked super, uh, supervisors not to report positive cases to the Department of Health, and that is why the school remained open for those next 24 hours. So uh, first and foremost, we need to rebuild trust between DOE staff, families, and community members, because we have not forgotten how they neglected our health back in March, and we need to be at the table making these reopening plans with Mayor de Blasio. Um, Right. mm Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Mayor de Blasio on Friday, uh, he announced some additional standards that he would apply to uh, the reopening of the schools in terms of uh, the percentage of people in uh, in the city who are testing positive would have to be as uh, at three percent or lower, and also some uh, standards about when and how they would quarantine uh, sick anybody who be, uh, is detected as sick at, at school. Um, we're going to listen to a sot here uh, real quick uh, from the mayor uh, describing uh, his approach to what he says are going to be extremely rigorous standards. We're going to ask have an extremely reply. rigorous standard for opening schools or, if necessary, closing schools because we are putting health and safety first. So what are we doing? You've heard some of it before. We're using blended learning. Kids in school when they can be in school, remote when they can't. Remote learning for any child, any family that prefers remote learning all the time. Social distancing guidelines in every part of the school, in the classroom and every other part of the school. Face coverings for everyone. Uh, Free priority testing for everyone in the school community. Making sure that teachers, kids, staff all have the personal protective equipment for free. So uh, your thoughts, uh, has the mayor maybe learned something from from March and is is, uh, more on top of things now? 
Yeah. Um, so this is a really layered issue, and uh, I'm not going to claim to be a public health uh, expert. At the end of the day, I'm an ENL social studies teacher, but no, uh, I don't think that the mayor has learned uh, his lesson from March. This 3% number that he's talking about um, being the threshold for when schools will close uh, just doesn't work in the most densely populated city in the country. Uh, you have students living in overcrowded homes. You have uh, them traveling more than an hour to get to school. They're passing hundreds of people just to get to school. So the minute the virus uh, spreads again, it will escalate quickly. So this is not a risk that we want to take. He has already prioritized the economy over schools reopening. We were not willing to take any more chances, no. And, and do you think remote learning uh, can work? I, I know a lot of teachers and a lot of students and, and families had a lot of frustration with that in the spring when, when you know, things uh, flipped over. Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked about that because teachers really feel between a rock and a hard place. We don't want to be defending remote learning. We know that it is no substitute for in-person learning. And at its worst, it's been criminalizing, further criminalizing for black and brown students. So... We are not, you know, joyful about this. We are not looking forward to reopening in remote, but unfortunately it is our only safe option. We wish that the mayor had spent this summer improving remote learning plans rather than this bogus hybrid situation so that maybe we could make it a bit more tolerable. Um, but I'll just say that remote learning could work if he provided paid parental leave to families. Remote learning could work if he really dedicated uh, resources to ending the digital divide. Remote learning could work if Wi-Fi was a public resource. Remote learning could work if we had more affordable housing in the city and students were not living in overcrowded homes. My students were doing their homework at midnight because that was the only time that there was quiet time in their home. So remote learning was a failure because of other structural issues in the city that the mayor, the mayor's tenure has not done anything to alleviate. Mm. And uh, going back to your, your school building where, where you teach at, uh, can you talk about that? I, mean, I understand it's an older building that has a lot of issues, and then also just the way the space in the building is uh, allocated is also problematic for as far yes, as the idea of doing social distancing. Totally, yeah. Um, so like many of the buildings in New York City, school, excuse me, school buildings in New York City, they are incredibly old. They were built in the 1920s and 30s. So their infrastructure has been crumbling before coronavirus. I was afraid to walk into my classroom every day because it has asbestos. I've literally been teaching and had the ceiling fall in. I've found dead rats in my classroom. So I've heard my students complain about lack of soap, uh, sanitary pads, um, and paper towels and toilet paper in their bathrooms. So we've been lacking basic sanitation for years and the coronavirus has only exposed these inequities. You know, you don't find these in uh, privileged uh, upper middle class areas in the city. You don't find these same issues. Um, and yeah, prioritizing space for students is going to be a real challenge because since Mayor, D Mayor Bloomberg uh, broke up the big comprehensive uh, schools in the city, there has been an accumulation or an increase in administrative positions and therefore an increase in administrative offices. There's also been an increase in 
uh, office space for the NYPD in schools. So in order to really prioritize students' health and safety, we need more space for our guidance counselors and our social workers who right now, I know in my school, don't have a private office to see their students. And in my opinion, they're the most important people in our school. Students haven't been safe. You know, as much as remote learning was uh, really, really difficult, students haven't been safe in public school buildings for a long time. The NYPD is not a presence, is not a safe presence, is not a welcoming presence when students walk into the door, and it only further promotes the school to prison pipeline. So we need to redistribute not only that money, but that physical space so that our counselors can have room and our students can have room if we go back under these conditions, and regardless if we do or not. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Alexandra Herodopoulos, thank you so much for joining us on WBAI Evening News tonight. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>